1: You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily
2: Broncos podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast, your daily bite size podcast over here at the Locked On NFL Network, giving you the best news, coverage, and insight in all things orange and blue related. Very stoked to be back with you guys here once again for another episode of the show. As always, I am your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst, covering the Denver Broncos in the NFL, as well as a Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. I also do some work for CodyRourkeNFL.com. We got video content. We got exclusive. Exclusive NFL Broncos coverage over there too. Head over there right now, CodyWorkNFL.com for a small, small preview. The website is not officially published yet, but it will be launching here very soon. So go check out the little snippet, the little preview prototype that we have set up. Very thankful for Level Up Web Designing on that regard. I got a body armor right next to me as well. Orange Mango helping me get through the day, overcoming the sickness. You guys can follow me on Twitter at CodyWorkNFL, and I'm joined as always by my wonderful co-host Cameron Parker. He's a columnist for the FanSided Networks production. Orange.com. I have the privilege of working with him and a great group of content creators over there. PredominantlyOrange.com. Daily Broncos content. Go check it out Cam. It's Tuesday. I know there's a lot of things that we talked about yesterday regarding the future of some Broncos, but ultimately today's a new day and I, I don't feel as worried anymore.
0: No. Yeah. And I think that, you know, once I think that's the best part about talking about it and, and and making it front and center because it makes you sleep better at night. Right. I mean, and and so getting it out there, talking a little bit about it, it makes you sleep a little bit better. And I, I think that I, I too, am. Feeling a little bit better that maybe doesn't necessarily change what I'm particularly feeling, but hey, I slept better and uh, I'm gonna get a good night's sleep here even later tonight later on tonight because uh, I do have some body armor. I, I'm I'm actually going out with some blackout berry and oh you know, some strawberry banana, so I, I I'm all covered with some with some flavors down with the the full body armor.
2: Well, and you guys, if you haven't checked out body armor yet, I highly encourage you to go to the store wherever you get your beverages and check out a flavor today. I tell you what, you won't regret it. The first- First one's good. And you know what? We might just have to do a giveaway. I might just have to send a free bottle somewhere to a listener of On Broncos. But as always, we talked about talking about some of the things that are glaring issues right now in Broncos country. I feel like it was a very good therapy session in yesterday's episode of the show. Sometimes we like to have those over here. Sometimes we don't. But ultimately, look, the Broncos are making moves. And you know, I, I think the forecast of the entire offseason will play out after the NFL draft. We'll get a lot more clarity on some of the more gleaming issues as we talked about in yesterday's episode. But today's episode of the show, we're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it sweet. We're going to touch base on several huge things as well. Obviously, the Broncos made the signing of cornerback Devontae Bosby official as they got him on a one-year, $645,000 deal for the Broncos. So... You know, I actually didn't know this until yesterday, but Devontae Bosby has played under Coach Fangio before when he was in Chicago. So, a little bit of familiarity there. He's about six foot two as of right now. He is the tallest cornerback on the Broncos roster, coming off of a. Tremendous showcase in the AAF. And, you know, I, I think you can take that for what it may. Quarterback quality in the AAF wasn't that great, but Devontae Bosby really showcased his talent. And I think that's exactly what the AAF was meant to do is, is showcase that some guys could still play, and now they're getting a chance. And for Bosby, he gets a chance in Denver.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think the the fact that he does have familiarity with Vic Fangio, I I think, does speak a little bit of some volumes to why the Broncos brought him him in. And I I did find it kind of interesting. And they they showed in particular as it was circling back a little bit it was circling back as far as the 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 99 interse- uh, 99 yard interception return that that, that Bosby had uh, I believe it was against the Salt Lake uh Stallions I believe but what was so interesting was and we 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 all speculate as far as the future of Chris Harris but what was so interesting was it was nearly identical the the interception everything that happened afterwards it was N- literally identical, the same side of the field, the same interception. I it, I think that one of the things that I'm pretty fascinated about with the the Bosby signing, aside from the familiarity, is the fact that he's speedy and he he pres- he presents, I think, a a speed element to the secondary that I don't think the Denver Broncos have. And, I mean, w- we obviously underestimate speed at times because they're because Cody, as you know, with the defensive back, it's or really with a lot of football players, there's the difference between, say, speed and game speed, and and obviously we all know that you can't teach speed, but there's game speed and there's football speed, and maybe Bosby has a little bit of both, but maybe he has a little uh, Luis Mendoza in him where he needs to learn how to stop.
2: One I think the player referencing, too, the very similarity to Chris Harris Jr. was Chris Harris against the Baltimore Ravens Joe Flacco and he intercepted it took it all the way 99 yards for a score the difference between that was Chris Harris was actually a pick 6 and Bosby's was a pick 2 a 2 point conversion but ultimately you like to see those things anytime you analyze a cornerback one thing you always look at if you're you know looking at this year's draft prospects you're looking at any cornerback if you're ever evaluating film the one thing you want to see is how is he with his hips hips are the number one revealer with a defensive back how is his closing speed how is his identifying on the top of routes? Is he able to break on a ball or is he slow to react on inside stems from the wide receiver? All these things make a big difference. And can the guy lock up a guy? And Devontae Bosby, in my opinion, can be one of those lockdown guys based on watching film. You mentioned his speed. I would say more so he's probably going to be an off-ball cornerback rather than a press man-to-man cover corner, which is okay. But I like the fact that him being six foot two gives the Broncos a little bit of a height advantage against maybe some wide receivers like Sammy Watkins in the AFC West. So, you know, the Broncos bringing him in, and ultimately you have to look at Isaac Adam too. This is a big year for Isaac Adam to come into OT. TAs and minicamp and all these voluntary programs right now and showcase look I'm going to pick up the terminology under Ronaldo Hill is going to be the defensive backs coach under Ed Donatel and his defensive scheme with coach Fangio and these guys are going to get to work and, and that's one thing I like we talk about competition competition could be a good thing we could see player stock rise we can see it drop due to competition for the Broncos this year a cornerback they have a ton of it so ultimately one thing to keep an eye on I think it mentions Troy Rank pointed it out you know I think Broncos country and everybody wants the Broncos to bring back Chris Harris Jr. We talked about it yesterday. But ultimately, if the Broncos get a cornerback in this year's NFL draft, it's going to be the writing on the wall for me that, look, I think the Broncos are moving a little bit forward. And we had a great discussion with some Broncos fans too, regarding what we talked about on the difference between Von Miller's perspective and Chris Harris's. So that definitely an interesting angle to follow here. But ultimately, the Broncos getting a good defensive signing, a guy getting a chance, and I mean, this could be something where he, you know, he he plays this one season in Denver, or you know, maybe he just doesn't make it through training camp. I I don't know because we're so far away from any of that being a possibility, but I think a guy like him, he's going to see a lot of action because the Broncos are going to have five preseason games kicking off August 1st against the Atlanta Falcons in the Hall of Fame game. Ultimately, I'm excited to see what the Broncos can do. I know we talked about them being at the offseason voluntary program. They're still up to work. They're still getting ready in Phase 1 of the offseason program. And then we're going to be hearing tomorrow from several Broncos players who met with the media. A little bit later on today, we'll get the audio bites for that and react to that on tomorrow's episode of Locked Broncos. We'll see which players it is as the Broncos open up their media availability. But we're going to get into some other discussions here on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. We're going to dive into our Broncos thought of the day coming up here in segment number two, where we talk about if Dwayne Haskins was available at pick number 10 and guys like Devin Bush and Ed Oliver were not there would you take a chance on drafting? We answer that question. We listen to what Broncos country had to say on that coming up in segment two, segment three. We're going to dive into how I think the Broncos dodged a bullet by not trying to make a move for Antonio Brown. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth on today's episode of the show. But before we get into that, I got to remind you guys, go check out the Locked On Nuggets podcast with Adam Matez, writer for denverstiffs.com, one of the biggest Denver Nuggets blogs on the web. They do a great job of daily content, analyzing the ins and outs, the coaching style, of Mike Malone and the psychology of what this young Nuggets team can do and can they make a run in the playoffs Adam Mates and Locked On Nuggets has you covered
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast
2: As always, every day we have a Broncos or an NFL thought of the day. And as always, Broncos country always answers the bell with great thoughts, great perspective. And we have a lot of great discussions over there at Cody Work NFL. And one of the things I always want to talk about, we, we kind of talked about Dwayne Haskins a little bit, some buzz around the NFL, about him and his stock dropping a little bit, according to several people from around the league that... I've talked to, and then more reports are now coming out from the woodwork saying that Dwayne Haskins, more than likely, may be the fourth quarterback taken off the board, which a lot of people speculated to New York, and I don't know if that's going to happen now. But I I presented an interesting question over there on Twitter, at Cody CodyRourkeNFL. I said, if Dwayne Haskins dropped to 10, and let's say guys like Devin Bush or Ed Oliver, they were off the table at that time. They were already picked up. Would you, as the Broncos, take the chance on drafting him now, Cam. Before we get to the amazing fan responses, what would you do? Well, is Drew Locke on the board? No, the Giants picked Drew Locke. <laughs>
0: well, to be honest with you, I like Dwayne Haskins. Um, we talked a little bit about him yesterday in our episode, and I mean, he's he's very inconsistent. But at the same time, he's a he's a capable NFL starter. And I I liked when when I was listening to Benjamin Albright on Orange and Blue 760, I believe it was about a few weeks ago, but he had a really good comparison with uh, with Dwayne Haskins. And I, and I I feel like it's very appropriate. He said he's Jameis Winston. And I think that that's a very appropriate comparison with him because the talent level is there for Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I think he if if we're being honest with ourselves, I think that Dwayne Haskins is probably the most talented Ohio State quarterback to come out of that group. You know, probably I, I, from what I can't from what I can remember, I, I think Dwayne Haskins is probably a better pro- quarterback prospect in the last handful of years from Ohio State. So he's a very capable player uh, quarterback that is capable of making a lot of reads. And and when when he uh, he's just uh, my biggest thing is he's just streaky. And when he's in that mode and when when he's clicking and when Everything is at his disposal in front of him or even down the field. He is a very good quarterback. And Jameis Winston, in in a lot of ways, is kind of that quarterback to where once he gets going, once he hits his stride, once he really starts clicking... He's a pretty darn good quarterback. He's not the best quarterback, but he's a pretty darn good quarterback. So I, I think that Dwayne Haskins in the right particular system could flourish and maybe be a top 10, top 15 quarterback in the National Football League. There's 32 teams,
2: by the way, in the National Football League, just just FYI. So, I mean, <laughs> let me ask you the question. Let me ask you the question between Dwayne Haskins and, you know, we talk about Drew Locke. Who's the better quarterback overall? I think Drew Locke probably has the well, Drew Locke has the best arm,
0: in my opinion, Drew Locke has the best arm. And if we were to talk about strictly system, I think Locke fits perfectly with what the Broncos have to do. Doesn't mean that they still don't take, you know, Locke at 10, given this particular situation. Because I, I, I'm i starting to lean a little bit more that they may go defensive side of the ball at 10. But I, for me personally, I, I would not take Haskins still. At 10, just for the simple fact that they do, the Broncos at
2: least have other pressing needs. Interesting way to kind of avoid the question there, my man. But uh, (laughs) I see what you (laughs) did there. you know, I I think overall like overall quarterback talent. I think Dwayne Haskins is the better prospect. I think Drew Locke has a lot of the potential to become a very good prospect. And he still has to work on footwork. He still has to work on short to intermediate routes. I think those are things that Dwayne Haskins can do right now. And I think ultimately that's what the Broncos need. I mean, if, if we look at NFL talent and quarterbacks as guys, I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes for example coming into his career. A lot of people say, well, he's a big arm, and ultimately we saw that in last year's draft. Now, he also did a lot of the other things pretty well. The short to intermediate routes is Patrick Mahomes' bread and butter, the dink and dunk to short stuff, and then the deep routes are there. You know, when you have a speedy guy like Tyreek Hill to really take defenses off their lock a little bit, I, I think Dwayne Haskins is the better quarterback prospect overall. Drew Locke, though, a tremendous talent. But that was one of the questions that we were kind of presented here with our Broncos thought of the day. And Stephen Curtis says, depends if Locke is there. Because if yes, I'd take Locke. He fits Scandrello's system better. And if not, sure. Haskins has talent, but you better take interior offensive lineman in the second or third round because he is a statue. And then Chef M. Baldwin says, many a great quarterback have been limited in their mobility, but the O-line has to be stellar. And in that case, I think with a guy like Dwayne Haskins, you have to have a strong offensive line. And, you know, we got a lot of yes and no answers, which, I mean, we had a lot of no's. We had a lot of yeses. It's almost split out pretty equally there. So, overall, looking at this, we're going to go with my man Bo Weiss. He says, best quarterback behind Kyler Murray in this draft. So, yes. Okay. All righty there. And then we got Tim Wenz. He says, I wouldn't take Bush at 10 anyways. Kevin Crumley responded to him and said, why? Simple issue of draft value at 10 or question mark? Tim Wenz says, I don't think he's worth the 10th pick. Mm, I don't know. I think, he would, I, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, 303 Runner says 100% yes. Rich Kurtzman says nah. Jacob Anders says in that situation, the opportunity is just too good to not take him. New type underscore JK47 says, I would totally do it if he somehow managed to fall that far. I, that's the rumor right now. Like I said, it's the NFL draft approaching. There's so much smoke screen. I don't know which way's north. I don't know which way's south, which way's left or right. Because guess what? We are all lost in the draft sauce. And I tell you what, it's a crazy thing. So I'm with you there. I, I do think that he can fall, though. Uh, NFL Draft Genie says, yes. Timothy Pierce says, I would make the Redskins or Dolphin pay through the nose for that 10th pick. Okay, what do you get in return, though? That's the question. If those teams struggle, right, maybe right. maybe their first-round pick in 2019, <clears throat> Justin Herbert. Uh, Bob Peterson says, absolutely. Greg Klund says, nope, go go best offensive liner, trade back. I'm, I'm At this point, I'm really opposed to going offensive lineman with the first pick. When you get to 10 in the first round, I don't think offensive lineman would be the right place to go. I, I really don't. I'm not sold on that. Um, Joshua Gennato says, I'd look to trade to get more picks. Hashtag believe in Flacco. Dan rules USUC. Oh, he says, why wouldn't you? Alexander says, 100%. Jeff Jackson says, if Bush, Oliver, and White are all gone, then okay, but I would try to trade back first. Joseph Ledesma says, definitely would take a chance. Christopher Allen says, yes. McMahon says, best player available no matter what, in my opinion. John Simmer says, I certainly would be enticing. Are we assuming White is gone? If so, it'd be tough to pass on TJ Hawkinson as well. And then we've got yes, we've got of course, we got a lot of yeses. And then Cali Sorbro says it's an odd situation because the Broncos don't seem to be wanting a quarterback this draft, but Haskins at 10 is probably best player available. I'd go for it. Yeah, there's a lot to digest there, Cam. I think maybe one thing I want to look at too is... We could address the offensive line. I think the Broncos can address good positional value in round two. Now, we talk about Dalton Risner or maybe trading back into the first round for a guy like him late. The, the possibility and the certain certainty of that, I mean, it could be there. We've seen the Broncos trade back into the first round before. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that this year.
0: Yeah, and I the, but the one thing that I do want to at least clear the air with was was, was something that I, I did bring up, you know, yesterday and it's something that I, I, I certainly will stand pat on is that now I don't I don't necessarily I, I don't you and I both know we, we don't know where the Broncos sit on the aisle as far as the quarterbacks and everything. I mean, we, we can diagnose it all until the dogs come home as far as interest with Drew Locke, how significant the interest is or, or even just quarterbacks in general. However, if the Denver Broncos strictly feel that Dwayne Haskins in this particular situation is the guy then take him just it's just simple as that because we all know uh, argument's sake the quarterback is it is the position it is the driven position that takes a team and a high level team to make them one to two deep at maybe the greatest position in the National Football League we saw with the Philadelphia Eagles I, I mean it might be a rare occasion but the fact is is that Wentz went down Nick Foles came in and led them to a Super Bowl and actually won we saw with Brock Osweiler and Peyton Manning when Brock Osweiler's best career as an NFL quarterback Broncos don't make the Super Bowl if they don't if they don't have that level of play with Brock Osweiler so i think it's personally understandable that if if the Denver Broncos feel that Dwayne Haskins is that guy take him
2: and certainly why not? I mean, we, we look at all the options as well. But like I said, I would be perfectly okay if the Broncos didn't go quarterback. I, I do think that this year's defensive talent in the draft is second to none. There is some very gemish offensive talent. And I'd be happy with the Broncos going best player available at either offense or defense. We know they could use some more offensive firepower, specifically a big playmaking tight end. I'm okay with that if they go with that type of route at pick number 10. The one thing I'm still just like Ugh, shaking my head at. I don't I just don't know if all offensive line or quarterback at pick 10 is the right option for the Broncos long-term. I think it's playing with fire, but... In,
0: in particular, if, we're, if, if they're going to be targeting the interior, I mean, you can probably target a few guys in, in, in the later rounds. I mean, you could target, if you want to make it completely complicated on your name roster, you could draft a Connor McGovern again. I mean, if, if you feel like it. But yeah, I, I'm with you. They, they should address that interior offensive line a little bit later on down the road.
2: I absolutely agree with you. And we're going to get to another really interesting... Subject coming up here in segment number three regarding how the Broncos dodge the bullet by not trading for or trying to get Antonio Brown because things are crazy. The AFC West is going to be wild and NFL teams and defensive backs and players are looking forward to when they can play Antonio Brown. We'll talk about that coming up here in segment number three.
1: Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: This offseason presented a lot of dilemma for Broncos country. And there was at one point a lot of speculation about the Broncos being one of the teams interested in trading for former Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown. And I think to say clarity is a beautiful thing, my friend, because ultimately we saw really what Antonio Brown has become and I don't think it's something that he should be proud of I sent out a tweet a little bit yesterday saying that if I was Antonio Brown's PR guy I'd probably fire myself because of what's gone on and if you guys don't know what I'm talking about Antonio Brown just out of nowhere kind of blasted Juju Smith-Schuster on the internet on Twitter talking about how he fumbled you know everything away cuz he was named the Steelers team MVP for what he did in 2018 and rightfully so Juju's performance and how big he came up in a lot of those games he outshined Antonio Brown he really really did and he kind of just trashed him said he fumbled away you know when he fumbled against the I believe it was the Saints in that in that game in the regular season but the thing that frustrates me the most is just how he carries himself and believes that what he's doing is the right thing. And and I think the Broncos really dodged a major, major bullet by not trying to pursue Antonio Brown. And, our, you know, Sarah Bettinger, our good friend, editor over predominantlyorange.com, was one of the guys that was really on board with the idea of Antonio Brown. And he even came out and said, wow, you know, I'm so glad that the Broncos didn't pick him up because he can't condone his type of behavior. And so one of the things, they've been going back and forth, and Juju Smith-Schuster is a phenomenal talent. It seems like a very, very humble guy. So the fact that Antonio Brown is coming at him negatively, and this is all stemming over, I think, Juju Smith-Schuster being the one guy that is legitimately his replacement. I mean, we saw how valuable it was. The Broncos know firsthand about Judy Smith Schuster. 97 yards, uh, over 100 yards receiving overall in the game. I mean, he was very, very dominant. But Antonio Brown's tweet was there was some kind of tweet out there saying, keep your emotions off the internet. And then he followed that tweet up with a tweet that says, boy, fumbled the whole postseason in the biggest game of the year. Everyone went blind, too busy making guys famous, not enough reality these days. By the way, check the list. And so ultimately he's referring to the fact that Antonio Brown's been a four-time Steelers most valuable player on their team. Juju Smith-Schuster won it last year. Just kind of coming out of nowhere after him. And and it was really odd. And one of the things that I'm looking at is Juju Smith-Schuster's demeanor. He kind of tweeted out the same thing. He said, keep your emotions off the internet as a follow-up. And he's followed up by saying, all I ever did was show that man love and respect from the moment I got to the league. I was generally happy for him. Two, when he got traded to Oakland with a big contract. And now he takes shots at me on social media. Crazy how big how that big ego got to be taking shots at people who show you love. Shake my head. And then he posted a quote that says, never argue with a fool. Onlookers may not be able to tell the difference. But the, the most disturbing part about this whole thing, which I think is going to fuel our discussion here for the final segment of tonight's show, is he posted an Instagram picture. Antonio Brown did. And it is from a direct message that Juju schuster actually sent to him back in 2015 when he was a wide receiver at USC. It says, what's up, AB? I'm a receiver at the University of Southern California. I appreciate all of your work. You're a great man on and off the field. Do you have any tips that can help take my game to the next level? Thanks, man. And AB's caption was mic drop onto the next. So, really, I think Antonio Brown has made himself look like a disaster. And if I'm, look, I've talked with John Gruden. Here's my thing John Gruden's a no nonsense guy. I really believe the Oakland Raiders are going to run into a dilemma at some point this year where Antonio Brown becomes too big for that team, and it's going to be a conflict of interest with John Gruden. I don't know if their personalities will mesh. Antonio Brown at that press conference with you know John Gruden and Mike Mayock presents a whole different angle. He presented a very professional side to himself. A part of me was like, "What is he? Was he doing all this for a PR for publicity?" And then he comes out and he does this. I think there is something really. I've lost a lot of respect. It's prompted guys like Justin Reed saying, "I can't wait to hit this guy." And you know, if I'm Antonio Brown, I mean, he's got a big target painted on his back because ultimately. The rest of the NFL looks at what he's done and what he's doing. They don't agree with his behavior as being petty and childish and disrespectful to very, very humble guys. And his whole approach doesn't have any humility. He lacks a lot of humility. And even, you know, guys, you know, veterans like Eric Weddle said he doesn't respect what Antonio Brown does and he doesn't respect him as a person now. I think this is a common consensus because I've lost respect for him as well. I think he's a great player, but unfortunately, I don't think he's that great of a human being
0: it's it's really hard to follow up that Cody because I agree 100% with it and I I think people understand I I think that he certainly changed the way that you go about NFL business of getting certainly what you wanted or what he wanted but at the same time at the same time you are part of an organization you're part of a team you should not underestimate any circumstance take anything out to the public and blast a teammate. Show respect for your teammates. Show respect for your should we say elders in this type of community and Antonio Brown is basically doing what you should never do on social media. You do not take your emotions and put it on the internet. It was a very contradictory statement of him saying keep your emotions off the internet and him basically putting a, a screen shot of Juju Smith Schuster has no bearing at all on the conversation. He's trying to make right a certain situation, but at the same time, it it actually coins Juju Smith Schuster in the same light that we see Juju Smith Schuster today. Because of the fact that Juju Smith Smith is trying to create that that relationship, that that early on relationship of building that network with a guy like Antonio Brown to get better at his particular craft, that's as, as 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 people in in any type of business, we should do because you're trying to get advice from a lot of people. You're trying to gain a lot of knowledge just to make sure that you yourself can get better at the craft that you certainly have in in any business. And the fact that Antonio Brown is basically, should we say, becoming more arrogant with this is really just flattering to the point where it's just it's just unacceptable. And if you're Oakland, you're running now into an absolute dumpster fire of a situation because you're looking at it now that okay if he doesn't get at least one ball in a football game we are looking at a complete locker room failure because now you're going to get a guy like oh by the way Vontez Perfect in the game and we all know the relationship with a Vontaze Perfect and an Antonio Brown it's a very divisive nature between the two of them it's just it's it, to me it just it speaks volumes of a human being and 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 we all know there's that old adage that out of the mouth the heart speaks. And I guarantee you that right now, the the stuff that is coming out of Antonio, uh, Antonio Brown's mouth is speaking the
2: aroma of his heart. And it's a bad look. I mean, what he did with Juju Smith-Schuster and even the Instagram post, it doesn't make him look good. It makes him look even worse. And I don't know if he actually realized that, but... I think, you know, the moment that Derek Carr is struggling in terms of finding him, you know, connecting with him, or maybe Derek Carr connects with Tyrell Williams a little bit more. Antonio Brown has been known as a me guy. It's been revealed that. And him coming after Emmanuel Sanders, even Ryan Clark said that Antonio Brown was babied. Go back to Emmanuel Sanders' story about how General Manager Colbert said, you're no Antonio Brown. Ultimately... I am glad that Emmanuel Sanders is not Antonio Brown. You could have all the talent in the world. Look, I think Emmanuel Sanders is very, very talented. I think he's a top five wide receiver when completely healthy in the league. And I, I'm sorry, Antonio Brown. I, I don't want to deal with the headaches. You know, I've coached this game for a while. I've played with personalities and I can't like it's frustrating even as a coach today to coaching players, even young guys, young guys with ego and young guys with bad attitudes, it is the most frustrating thing to endure as a coach. And I don't think John Gruden, Mike Mayock will put up with it that long. And it's going to be very interesting to see how that locker room dynamic really plays out. But we're going to analyze that a little bit more. The Broncos are going to see Antonio Brown two times a year that gives a chance for guys like Will Parks and Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, hopefully Chris Harris Jr. and Von Miller be able to get after Derek Carr and shut down Antonio Brown two times a year. would be a very, very fun thing to see. And it's going to be a very, very electric matchup. I think it's going to add more heat to the Broncos Raiders storyline overall because Manuel Sanders poked some fun, posted on Instagram saying, Hey, Alexa, play. Why can't we be friends? And I I tell you what, that was Amanda Sanders can definitely put some things into good light. And at the end of the day, you know, look, these guys are, these guys are human beings, but ultimately you want to have good character. You want to be remembered for that. And right now, Antonio Brown's not writing a, a good legacy. So We'll, uh, we'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Broncos. We're going to have some Broncos interviews here, some sound clips for you guys to react. Broncos players meeting with the media a little bit later on this morning. And then afterwards, we're going to have that on tomorrow's episode of the show. So as the media availability opens up, Broncos players are going to meet with them. And we're going to talk about some of the other developing topics as the Broncos gear up for the NFL draft. They're in phase one of the offseason workout program. Ultimately, no news is good news in Broncos country. Unless you're trying to get a Chris Harris Jr. extension sign. We want that news to come by very, very quickly. But I want to thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode of the show. I'm your host, Cody Work. Speaking for my co-host, Cameron Parker. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.